Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Dad, we just want to say thank you. We give you praise for the, for the Lenten season. We thank you for the refreshing you've given us. We thank you for the victories. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your strength, for strengthening us. Father, we say, let your name be glorified. Lord, as we go through your word, Lord, we pray that you will celebrate yourself again. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seat. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. We are talking about a topic around eternity. This topic has been on my mind for when we're doing stewardship and you know I had even told those that were already doing that was helping out with the songs and things like that this is what uh, the topic would be it was supposed to be laboring for eternity that's over a month ago now I, I believe or close to a month ago then during that Saturday got said no you're not going that way this is what you're doing uh, that doesn't mean that he didn't say what he said before. And he, he, he was just saying, this is what, and as the services go, go on, I knew why he was. And recently he was saying, okay, go back to what I told you before, so that we can begin to have some understanding, especially even as we have these things. So we are talking about eternity, you know, and before we even talk about laboring for eternity, it's important that we understand what eternity is. We understand what eternity is. So one of the challenges in the body of Christ or in Christianity at times is that I'm just saying this as a general introduction, is that people have people have a view of God that is um, let's put this, you know, that is basically exclusive or no is that the right word when you when 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 there is no mutual agreement it is that this or this so when people begin to have that understanding of god at times it's difficult it, you know they're not getting the understanding from the scriptures so somebody will say if god is love why would he send people to hell it's because you still don't understand the scriptures that it is not exclusive those two points are not exclusive to god so when you begin to you know there, there's so many topics for example somebody say if god knows everything why do you have to pray because to god it is not exclusive and when you begin to read and understand scriptures because it is because god knows and he has he has already made a provision that's why he told you to pray you are not telling him what he doesn't know while you are praying. But when you begin to understand that God has released authority to man, to make, that's why Jesus said, when you pray, you pray in this way, our Father who is in heaven, Allah be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. What is already done in heaven? So God has already had it in plan. But the way it works is that you make an authorization for it to come. That is why you can decide to serve any God. You, you can survive, you can you you for, for God to use you or to, to to you know you need to give your life to Him. He doesn't force His life Himself on you. So those principles kind of work. But when we don't understand, we say, you know, why do I need to pray? God, why if the Bible says God does everything, it's because at times that's why Paul was talking, Paul will always talk about you know teaching the whole counsel of God, balance of scriptures balance of scriptures. So as we, you know, I just had some um, events or pictures, you know, I watched all sorts of stuff. And you would see, um, I don't know if you had the story, this particular George here is, and this is a veteran, a military veteran. He has PTSD and things. So he was drinking and driving or something like, he was drinking and driving and so they brought him to court. And the judge had understood what was happening, 
but had to sentence him to prison. Because he, he, that is, his, his justice has to prevail. So what that judge did, because that man suffers his anxiety, was that in the evening, after he finished his work, he took off his own clothes and went to the prison where that man was and slept in the same room with him overnight. So when this man came out, this man appreciated it and said, you know, I understood that you had to pay the penalty, but I will not make this, this will not happen again. So God does not just wave away sin. There is a price to pay. Christ paid that price. But if a Christian is brought up to think God just waves sin away, that Christian will be like this man who would not appreciate the fact that that lawyer, that judge, came to pay the price with him. The only reason this man will go back home and no matter what goes for help, because one of the things was that he wasn't getting the help he needed and things like that, and not go back to that way of life, is because he realized that that thing had a penalty, but somebody took the price for it. And so if God was waiting away sin, Jesus would not come and pay the price for anything. And you will see this, this judge also, he's quite, he's quite popular, you know, he does all these... Um, he has, he has, you know, in America, they, they quite televised their, their, um, their, their court proceedings and things like that. So he, he would always, he would always listen to somebody. Maybe you have a fine and you can't pay for whatever reason or the other. He now has a group of volunteers who contribute to his court money. So what he does is that he finds you that price, that amount, but he will not tell you you don't need to pay it. I will take out of the contribution of these people to pay the state. So what he's doing is that he's not just saying, don't, don't, don't worry, just keep doing it on. Does that make sense? So when you understand that kind of system, you understand how God, how the system of justice of God operates. It's not just, it is, because... Because you know, because you can keep on doing that doesn't mean that somebody is has not paid the price. That's why the Bible says that we should not walk over the decks, the body of the, we should not nail Jesus to the cross again. Basically, when you now God understands that there is a journey as, a, as an individual, but when you now do it and say, you know what, God has not given me any way, I can I can do whatever it is. What you are doing is you are nailing Christ again. Basically, you are saying to this judge, I don't care what you did for me, but I expect you that when I appear before your court again, you will do the same. And I've seen this man, as lovely as this man, is those who watch his, I've seen him get angry. When he sees that you came again to his court with exactly the same thing, and he noticed that you have actually taken his, his um, leniency as, uh, you know, he, he, he would do it. The day he screamed that somebody would not believe it. Because he said, what is annoying me is that you think I'm a fool by doing what I did. God bless us in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I just wanted to just, you know, as we go through the series of eternity, it's important that we just, you, you understand how, how the good system of God works. It doesn't mean that God is, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, just, it's just the way it is, you know, one of the challenges with the body of Christ now is that you know, when you have a particular view of God, like we went to, um, you know, we, we support the prison ministry, so we go, to the, so they go to prisons, I think aside from supporting their families outside prison and things like that, you know, and there were a couple of people who were so fired up, you know, I said that from the white government, who were so fired up to go and preach in ministry in prison, and so when, we, so when they go into prison and they said that you cannot tell them that God said you would uh, you will be set free tomorrow. Well, okay, so what are we going to do? <laughs> and, you know, and before you know it, the people began to dream you away because the expectation is, ah, no, 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 God should, it should, it should be that you, you will be set free. No, that is not the gospel. And again, it's at times because people don't understand the justice system of God. They did not commit the crime, he did. 
But when, when we understand that, you will see somebody who is sentenced to life imprisonment writing a letter to some of his friends who are actually free and enjoying life and saying, I am free. You need to come out of your own prison. Somebody in prison is writing letters to people outside and people are giving their life to Christ. Because it, something happened. It discovered that that bars and is not actually prison. Those actually living under the dominion of Satan. Thinking they are free. They are the one in prison. So you will see this man who is, who is, who is sending postcards down to people after they give their life to Christ. He's sending postcards and sending to the pastor of that his local to the prison there. I said, oh, this person has given their life to Christ. Please, can you please go and visit them for me? And things like that. When some people now, you know, the problem is that you know, when the gospel that you, we preach is the gospel of, no, you have to get out now. And they say, you can't say that. Because you're, you, according to the law, you're giving them false hope. That doesn't mean that there will be not someone that God will set free. But it doesn't mean that every one of them will, will be free. But freedom is different. So, you know, those kind of things, you, you begin to understand how God actually works. How God actually works. You know, there is this uh, prison in America where you have people who are condemned to death in Alaska. And, you know, and the revival broke through there. And as they were, you know, as, as each one of them was, one of them God released and became a man. Within that period, God was saying that one of them would be an evangelist. And he was, he was actually released and he became an evangelist. But what I'm trying to say, but there are some of them who did not, who, who, who were not released. And they went to the death row. But as they were going to the death row, some of them, you will see them, because they normally chain them with heavy chains with the hands, and you see them, they will be clapping their hands with the chain, I am going to see my king. I am going to see my king. And the rest of the prisoners who are already on the death row will say, yes, we'll see you at the other side. And after, so what they did was that when, they be, when, when that person is killed, or they, you know, whenever the is killed by the state, rather than just... They, the prisoners now decided to start to do funeral services for them. And one of them will become the priest. And will, when they lay him to rest, they'll begin to tell every one of them, and you see the joy in their hearts. What joy did those people have? And when eternity is not properly taught or, or put to perspective, you would, there will be certain things that, you know, you would not, um, let's just quickly look at a couple of scriptures. First Thessalonians chapter 3. I just wanted to just set a base for this scripture before I go into verse 4. Is that he said, when, he said, and he said, we sent Timothy to you, he is our brother and, our God, and God's co-worker proclaiming the gospel of the good news. We sent him to you to strengthen you and encourage you in your faith. And to keep you, sorry, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that you are destined for such troubles. Even while we were with you, we warned you that the troubles will come soon, and they did. As you well know. So he's saying, we were telling you that you would have troubles. Because in those days, if you were a Christian in the in the in those, it was a death sentence. They were past, they were being persecuted. And he said, "No, he said, he said, this is that is happening. We told you it would happen." And I think it's important because at times, see, one of the challenges we are having now as a body of Christ is that when people are coming in, especially in this country. My papa will tell you um, a couple of stories that she, she goes to when she's counseling people and things like that. One of them, one of the things that they struggle with is that you see somebody who is born into an, a, a, Muslim, a Muslim family in this country, extremely wealthy. I think you have a couple of them if you, you know, within the body, and they leave, they give their life to Christ, and they cut them off from everything. And people are so influential that they have big big names and all, all this, you know, when cabals are everywhere. So when you see people who are extremely wealthy and powerful, you discover how difficult it is for you to get a job. Even though you think that it is, 
it is a general, uh, you will discover how difficult it is for you to get a job. So this lady who studied in a very good school, had a very good result and things, and she's now working at Tesco shops and things like that. But when she comes into the body of Christ, and she sees people complaining about certain things, and you know, it's, it's a struggle for them because they're wondering what's going on. Is this the same Christ that we laid everything down for? That we see these people having challenges about a couple of things like this. So, you know, and the Bible says, He said, We told you that it would happen. Now, let's read on, please. That goes chapter 4. So, later on, now said, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in, sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Please note that in this place, it wasn't that people were getting old that they died. It was actually talking about people who were young and cut off or, you know, this scripture is like somebody churches in the northern part of Nigeria. When, when, when people just finished service and Boko Haram entered the place and raised the place down. And he began to say, say, do not grieve. He said, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will bring, we believe that God will, will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep with him. Let's go on, please. Okay, this is where this this is where I'm going with this. The Bible says that um, the, the, the the Bible says according to the Lord, verse 15, according to the Lord. To the uh, to the Lord's word, we tell you that that we who are still alive will be left until the coming of the Lord, and will certainly not precede those who are falling asleep. In that text, when I say encourage yourself with this, what, what, what is he talking about? He's saying that the fact that those people have the privilege of seeing the face of Christ first before you is such an excitement. And I was sharing this a couple of weeks ago. I just, you know, when I was doing this, I was just sharing it. And I said, do we have a body of Christ now that the opportunity of seeing the face of Christ before other people is such a consolation? I mean, do you get what I'm trying to say? Paul was saying that the consolation you have about these people that are dying, ah, don't, don't mourn for them because they are already ahead of us. Why? Because they will have first access to see Jesus before we see him. And you wonder, what is the excitement about this? And the reason why we are not having that kind of excitement is because the understanding of eternity has been lost. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. See, when can I have the next slide, please? As we go on, the next slide, please. Uh, hallelujah. Now, Paul will say something. Paul will say, I eagerly expect and hope that I will, I, I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that so so now and all, uh, and always in Christ so that Christ will always be exalted in my body whether life or death for me to live is Christ but for me to die is gain the question is still this <laughs> What is so excited? Why are they so excited about this eternity in such a way that now to get people excited, you must tell them about here? Could it be that there is 
a, a, a misunderstanding of something or not accurately grasping what the Bible means when it talks about eternity. Can I just go on, please? Next. Um, see, I want to first of all bring the to try to for you to understand the emphasis on eternity. Is that if you say I am going to be a better person, I am going to change, I am going to learn, I am going to develop. Oh, I have choices. Those things are possible because you are living in the realm of time. The opportunity to develop, the opportunity to know more about God, the opportunity to change your mind, the opportunity to, 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 to grow, the opportunity to expect another season is because you are within time. The moment you step out of time, there is no opportunity to grow. There is no opportunity to change. There is no, so the way you appear is the way you remain till eternity. Oh God, how can I explain this thing? You cannot see when you are when you start your, your work as a graduate, uh, whatever, graduate level, your aim is to keep. You're hoping that the next 10 years I will become this. But in eternity, there is no in 10 years I'll become this. Because there is no time. The time element is removed. So it is the way you appear is the way you will remain. But the opportunity you have and I have is that what I do here would determine how I live there. Does this make sense to us? So the issue really is that you first of all appreciate the fact, I and you appreciate the fact that there is no maybe Oh, maybe if I if I get there, I will just change my mind. Or oh, maybe if I if I do well to a point, you know, I will become no, it doesn't happen that way. Why? Because the function of time is gone. So the only reason why I can hope to change, the only reason why I can hope to grow. The only reason why I can hope to develop, the only reason why I can hope to, to for anything better tomorrow, you know, people will say, I don't worry. Things will get better. What would they say afterwards? There is still time. So basically what they're saying is that once time is removed, that's who you are. And that is the concern of Jesus, when Jesus seemed to be thinking that people have no, pay, are paying no attention to the question of eternity. Eternity in itself, the closest thing in mathematical form you can look at is infinity. Basically things that have no end. So Jesus begins to talk in Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus says that for what for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What will it be for somebody to gain this whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for his soul? It seems like Jesus was looking at people and he was genuinely baffled. That it seems like people do not understand the exchange rate. That when 
you, no matter what it is that you have in this world, if it cannot be translated to eternity, it is nothing. If it cannot be translated to eternity, it is nothing. Let's go. Hallelujah. So, you know, Jesus now began to talk about eternity. He said, and I would, he said, if your hand offends thee, and that transition will say causes you to sin. But I'm looking at the word offend. He said, cut it off. It is better you enter into life. There is a there is some some things here that are, you know, we are this. The way we are looking at it now, you know, we are, our conversation today is going to be, I want us to both look at it together. He said to enter into life. So basically Jesus is saying, what you think you are living here is not life. You are about to enter into that life. He said, he said, he said that having two hands and going into hell, he said, into the fire that can never be, that, that, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Why can it not be quenched? Because it is not in the realm of time. When you have something that has beginning and end, you are saying time. But once you go out of time, the reason why this cannot be quenched is because it is not a function of time. He said, where worms diet not. Why did Jesus use that word worm? Yeah, our body breaks down into worm and things, which is which is but, but what, what I think he's more looking at is that the easiest thing to kill, I don't know, it's you here, uh, in Nigeria, it's, it's normal. You put salt. It's about, you know, how can I describe it for, for people who have not seen animals before? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Nigeria, you see them, especially in Betroom. It's normal. It's normal. It's normal. God help us. <laughs> Hallelujah. But what I'm trying to say is that worms are very fragile that you can put your leg on it and cut it into two. So he said, is why Jesus is using that worm? He said, even in that place, the worm that you see here, and you can use your leg to cut, it cannot, it will not be possible. That was what Jesus was trying to point to them when he said, he said, he said, they are, he said, they are warm diet not. He said, the fire cannot be quenched. He said, if thy foot offends thee, cut it off. Now, the word cut it off really what he's trying to say, stop it. Now, how can your foot or your hand offend you? Let me give a description, best to where I can. Assuming you have a group of friends, you were calling yourself 5G, the G guys, the 5G guys. And things like that. So you know, anybody that talks to you, say, "Ah, no, no." Ah. You see, you know, in those days, God help us. 
Listen, boys will now put, uh, they, they don't do it here, you don't, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if they do it here, but those that you put um, higher, higher education, higher education, you scroll it and you put it at, at, at your back. You know, higher education is like, you know, senior, senior boys. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you, 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 you begin to walk and things like, or you, 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 instead of when you now go to university, what you do that you big, carry big book. You've not read it too, but you know, it is, it is, <laughs> so, you know, you have a group of friends, let's put it that way. And everybody is saying to you, ah, these friends would, 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 they, they would destroy you. Say, so, no, 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 they are my friends. We, we, we are, you know, you don't understand what's going on here. We have a deep connection. So you take pictures. And you did not know that one of them was actually carrying a gun. So you were stopped on the road by the police one day. God forbid. And because they sighted the gun, they opened fire. So that guy escaped without no injury. But sadly, that person now had a permanent injury. Do you know that later in the future, even the day he sees that picture that they were smiling in, that picture will become an offense to them. Because that picture will keep reminding them of what they told them and they did not remember or they did not take it. Each time you go to your Facebook page and you see the pictures, that picture offends you. In fact, if somebody now calls you, ah, 5G, please, 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 please. Because that's name. So he says, the thing that they are telling you to stop now, that you say, ah, you know, this is my own thing. I understand. He said, when you when that person gets to hell, that same thing will become an offense to them. So he's saying that it's not literally saying he said the hand that you say it is your own. Ah, this is the way. This is this is the way you. This is, I know myself. This is who I am. He's saying that by the time that person gets to hell. That thing, nobody, that thing will become an offense to them. Why? Because as of now, it looks cool. But the Bible is saying that thing, so that's why when Jesus was talking that your, if your hand offends you, other translation will say it causes you to sin. But King James Version is putting it in a holistic point of view that this thing will later become an offense to you. Will later become an offense to you. So Jesus was, was warning. And it says, when we go to Matthew chapter 13, just the, the, the other side of this coin as we go on is that the Bible says the kingdom of God, of heaven, is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it and then, then is sorry, then his joy then in, then in his joy, he went and sold all that he bought in the all that he bought, all that he had, and bought the field. So the Bible says a man was going around, saw a treasure. When he saw that treasure, he hid it. Then he had a joy in his heart that he went to sell everything that he had to buy it. Couple of things in that. The treasure that he saw, somebody else has seen it. All they do, they walked away. 
Secondly, he understood that it is such a treasure. But one thing I am more looking at is that the reason why he was prepared to sell everything was because he discovered such the joy in his heart. That was why he was prepared to sell everything. How do I explain this? Style. Your car. When you bought it, it might be in, it been a while now. But can you remember when you first of all saw it and you wanted to buy it? Yeah. How did you feel? Great. <laughs> exactly. That was the reason why you were you waited you went to look for the money to buy it. Yeah. So if you are if you don't if you see it and you just don't eat, uh, you see this thing, well I just need to have it. You will not pay any price to buy it. If a Christian has not understood the joy of eternity, no matter how much you are telling them to pay, they are not really ready to pay it. Because it is the joy that makes you want to pay. Does that make sense? So the Bible says he had so much joy that he was ready. See, if I give you something that you don't like, very soon you will leave that thing on the floor. You will never see anybody who will, who will spend money on... See, the, because of the joy, they went to sell everything. See, if... Sorry, it's time. They're coming back to you. When you went to buy that car, if somebody told you you are just wasting your money, what would you say? It's my money to waste. It's your money to waste. But the, why? Why are you happy to waste that money? Because I see the worth of it. Because you see the worth of it. So the only reason why anybody can tell you you are going to buy it all, when you gonna say, do you really think let's go and use that money to eat Sawamabi or what they eat? So you see you can you can take a man out of Nigeria, but you can't take Nigeria out of Amen. For those who don't understand Shawama, God bless your soul. Amen. Kebab, so the kebab. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say. The reason why you are struggling to pay is because you have not found the joy in purchasing eternity. That is why, see, the amount you are willing to pay, I'm not talking about money here, the amount you are willing to pay is proportionate to the joy. You have discovered in God. So rather than chanting at people, why are you not living a life that is, why are you not any sacrifice all? It's because they have not found that job. The reason that will make somebody leave their whole surgery and go to the forest in Cambodia and begin to preach the gospel and support the sick people there and living in a shed where the rain is pouring on them is because they have this kind of joy they have discovered that they are ready to pay anything for it. So, so the issue really is that in order to have that semblance of Christianity that this apostle will see, they will be beaten and they will say, ah, I finally partook in the beatings with Christ. It's because they found a joy that you have not found. God grant us grace. Amen. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. You know? And that joy of eternity is really important, but the only reason why you can have that joy is when you have a perfect understanding of what eternity is. Of what eternity is. So when you go to Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter um, 12, the Bible says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfect um, and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, you see again, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And the scorning, scorning its shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He now said, consider him. That means he's saying, we have laid a premise here. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary. Oh, you said, he now said something which we don't. Ah, we people cannot understand. Except to understand this verse too. He said, in your struggles with sin, have you, have you, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. Oh, you know, you see, this is this is just me, you know. You know, I'm just, I'm just. It is because you have not discovered a kind of joy. I will say, even if I am having such a hunch, I would rather lock my door and. God, I am committing myself to you. Even if I will lie down on my bed and tears will be rolling down my, 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 my cheeks, I would rather do that than to submit to that way of life. He's saying that, I know we, some of us have probably not seen this picture before. He says that, he says, he says, he says, have you resisted to the point of shedding your own blood? Why? What he's saying that once you discover a joy, you are ready to pay anything for it. See, there are times, you know, when certain this God is hammering on your mind. And you'll be praying and you'll be crying on that knees. Say, God, ah, this thing is hard. You say, no. <laughs> you, you, have the prob- you have not set that joy. When you set that joy, you would, you would pay the price. Hallelujah. Thank God. One of the problems is that when you're preaching this kind of sermon in church, you just. But thank God that you know I get your responses. Hallelujah. We've been to places where we preach, we preach this sermon, and till you walk out of the church, the whole place is there is no you can't hear thing. <laughs> you have to say, okay, we finish. Can you stand up now? Let us pray. <laughs> because before I just you know, I just like Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, the Bible now says to us, now, I'm trying to express there is a joy in when you come to settle and understand eternity. Hebrews chapter 10. The Bible says, sorry, no. The Bible says, sometime, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insults and persecution. And other times you stood by the side of those who were so treated. He said you suffered along with those in prison. Because then they were capturing Christians and throwing them into prison. He says joyfully joyfully accepted the um, consecration of your property. He said, okay, bring all your property here. The Bible says... See, joyfully does not mean joy of the face. Joyfully is from the heart. They joyfully said, if this is what it will cost us, we are happy. 
So these people, they were joyfully, ah, I can imagine uh, 21st century Christianity, Ulua, ah, Father, kill them all. The Bible says they were joyfully handing it over. And the Bible says that because, the reason is because you knew that you yourself had better and lasting possessions. Basically, you have a possession that cannot be, that's why when the Bible is, when do you see the apostles when they are talking, they talk more about eternity. They talk a lot about eternity. And the Bible says, so that you do not throw, so that you do not throw away your confidence. Basically, the confidence that you have, if you, again, what does that confidence translate to? The joy that you have in your heart. You would, you would just, it's not, you would, you would say, ah, you want to take on my property. Oh, take it, take it, take it. I know, I, I, you know, I, if I had one, I would have given it. You know, one of the challenges at times is I hope maybe we'll get there when we cross over our time. Um, you know, the reason, one of the reasons as I, we, we, you know, let's read um, Acts 5, then we go to that first Corinthians. The Bible says, these are the apostles, he said, his speech, um, speech persuaded them, and they called the apostles him, and they, and and they flood, and had flogged them. And they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus Christ and let them go. The apostles left the Saradian rejoicing. See the joy again. Rejoicing because they have been counted worthy of suffering disgrace in the name of God. They were so excited. Ah, see, five. You have any kids? Ah. Where? <laughs> These are the reasons why you would not see. You know, we have less and less people going to the places where people have not heard about God. Everybody wants to have ministry. You know, I used to say to people, please, I don't, I don't mind. I thank God this is where God has called me. But I just wonder, you know, God, I, I rarely do I say that God is sending some people from here. He said, go and start your ministry in, uh, um, in, 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 in uh, Erimon, in Lesha. God said, leave London, now go and start it. It's always the other way. God said, ah, you're going to abroad to go and do ministry. And yet there are people in the villages of Nigeria. So why is it that God is always sending one direction? Is it that those people there, they don't need God? <laughs> God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that it's important as we, as we live from here and we know much later, we'll be talking about laboring. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter um, Chapter 3. The Bible says, if anybody body builds on this foundation using gold or silver or uh, costly stones or wood or hailstones and things like that, the Bible says their work will be shown for what it is because, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it was if it was burnt up, the builder will suffer a loss. Yet be saved. People will say that as long as I'm going to heaven, Bible says. Hey, Bible says they will be saved, even though only as somebody who has escaped fire. You don't need to. Sadly, look at the Ukraine now. The woman. The only thing that they appear in the neighboring country is their preach. She has that woman, as bad as it is, she has hope. Because she knows that in the next 10 years, I will just start rebuilding myself and find my way. 
But when you turn up in eternity, like somebody that just departed the war zone, that is how you are going to remain till forever. So you'll be in heaven. But you are going to turn up there with only your shirt and trousers. So that's what the Bible is saying. So oh, but I've given my life to Christ, so it doesn't really matter. Yes, you, you, you will see. That, but the problem is that by the time you get there, you can't change anything again. It is the way you, uh, you know, uh, the, that is the way that is. Basically, you know, I, I am, when you see all those mama, when they come for graduation, you say, take, you know, those mama in those days, they have all these rings. And they put it. So when they are doing uh, graduation picture with their children, they make sure that they, <laughs> they make sure that you, you see, you see all the uh, things like that, you know. And they tell you that, you know, pictures don't lie. It's how you stand. That's how you meet yourself. But again, that was the, the days of uplift up, up on, on editing. Amen. So let's just come to a close as we look at this. This is important that, please note, that if a man says that, ah, I am poor because I'm following Jesus, it is a lie. This is not, it's not a question of are you rich or poor. That's not what we're talking about here. You see, there are always people who will be less privileged. It is, Jesus even said it. It's just life. That doesn't mean you don't know God. That just means that, you know, you might not have as much resources as you ought to. And some wealth are built generationally. See, there are some parents that have, you know, I believe, you know, I think one of the greatest challenges for generations coming up, especially in the world, is that people, people are, because you come, came into this country and you're doing hard jobs and things like that, we have translated it to, um, to spiritual attacks or things like that. But the, the issue is that when a, a generation comes into a place, the first generation is normally the first step. And as you begin to build those gen- it is just normal. All these foreigners that you see that they have multi-millionaire children, they, their parents did not come in as multi-millionaires. They probably, most of them, they actually sacrifice themselves so that their kids can move up. And that is, it's just normal economics. But the problem is that when we now turn that to spiritual warfare, the problems that the generation come in will begin to say that, you know, oh, I don't need God because, you know, after all, I'm okay. Because you have sold Christ to them on the basis of you are working in Tesla. But there are certain things that will happen because the first generation that will come into a place, you, would, you, would, you cannot be as successful as the second generation. Because the second generation will be more successful than them. Then the third one will be more successful than them. Then by the time they get to the five, sixth generation, they don't, realize, they don't realize what their first generation or the first people that came in suffered. So God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that, you know, that says that people will just turn up in eternity. Let's just, so I just wanted to say that because see, it's, this is not, I, I, was, I was saying to somebody, you know, I just kind of, Okay, I was I was just saying to her, I said, I said, um, I said to her one day, I said, I said, I said at the time, I said, a prime minister will, 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 will come out of this church. Amen. She said, she said, uh, it's not an ambition. I am not looking for a prime minister. I'm just saying to you that it, whoever it is, because they have a soul, you get what I'm say They have a soul. That soul, the, the issue is not the job. The issue is the soul. Does that make sense to you? Um, so that's what I'm trying to say. Is that, you know, then you will see a prime minister sitting in a place and a cleaner will sit in a place. They are the same. It's just that where God has called everyone is different. So please, now this is not a sermon to say that, ah, you cannot see. Daniel was walking at the top of his game in life. God help us in the name of Jesus. So let's quickly look at this story of, of Luke chapter 12. 
The Bible says that someone in the crowd said to, Je said to him, that's Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide my inheritance with me. Sorry, uh, my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So their father died and things like that. And Jesus replied, man, who appointed me to be a judge or an arbitrator between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against this kind of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possession of, of, of in the abundance of possession. And he told them a parable. He said, the, the ground of sorry, the ground of a certain rich man yielded abundance of harvest. Let's read on. He said, and he talked to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down the bands and build bigger ones, and I will have store and supply, and I will say to myself, you have plenty laid up for you for years. Take it easy. Eat and drink and marry. Amen. Now, if you go to the next verse, please. But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then you would, then you would get what, then who will get what you are prepared for yourself? Please, let's look at this a little bit closer. What was bad in what that man said? The Bible did not say he stole, he worked hard. Was the issue his wealth? Jesus did not say his issue is the wealth. In fact, look at the word that Jesus used to qualify him. Jesus called him a fool. He did not say a wicked man. So what is the definition of a fool? A fool is somebody who makes wrong judgments. Now, if you look at what he said, he said, now this is all that I have to do. I have everything I've worked for. My life is okay. And now I can now rest. The honest truth, if we would ask ourselves, how many of us does our prayer point go beyond that? If you look at what he had said, now everything you see, I now need to just enjoy myself. If you look at your prayer list, is it equivalent to what that man had tried to get and after he got it, he was planning on enjoying himself? Because at times we will read it, at times some of us read this scripture and we think that God, Jesus was saying that that man is a wicked man. No. The way I can compare myself to it is that if, if my, if my, all my pursuit is have a great career, live a good life, enjoy, see my great grandchildren and put my hands down and just enjoy life. There is no difference in me and that man. Because the summary of your desire has no relevance in eternity. So when Jesus was talking to this man, he was saying that the whole, that's why he said, okay, everything that you have now worked for, I will leave it. The, what Jesus is saying that now that you have been taken to the other side, there is nothing for you at that other side. Everything you are prepared for yourself here 
is only a function of life. So once that life is gone, somebody else takes it. So as we come to the place of prayer and begin to understand this better, is that when you look at your prayer life in this Lenten season, in this Lenten season, is it only the... Are your desires alone the desires of that rich man? Or do you have a desire that is different from that rich man? Because if all my desires are yours, if all, let me use myself as an example, if Bio's desire is all that that man has achieved, the equation is equal to Where's the answer? No, sorry. No, no, no. No, sorry. The equation, hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, the equation is equal to you fool. That's what it means. Jesus never said, Why have you got this origin? He just said, your focus alone is about here. You have not paid attention to eternity. He now went on and he said, um, he said, he said, yes, every man is a fool who goes rich on earth, but not in heaven. So what are you in your prayer life, in your journey as Christ, a Christian? Is there anything that is only, is only focused here? Or please remember that whatever you achieve here is only the thing that will translate here. So what are you investing on here that can be redrawn at the other side? And that's going to be our focus as we begin to look even more closely. The truth is that let's go to First Corinthians as we Second Corinthians, sorry, as we just said. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from the bond from bondage and true freedom and we are we all with an unveiled face continue to see as in, as in a mirror the glory of God we are progressively be, progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to another which comes from the Lord who is the spirit so if your because if your focus is not also on progressively becoming more like Christ, if all your prayer points is about how do I get rich, and you are not concerned about your progression towards becoming like Christ. The equation is equal to a fool. If Bayo, please, so that you don't think I'm talking to you. If Bayo, summary of Bayo's life, especially even as we go through this fasting period, I am not bringing, I am not looking at my hand, like Jesus said, and saying which one day is going to be an offense to me. If I am, if my desire is not to progressively increase my journey with Christ and become more and more like him in his own image, then my effort, my prayer, my crying before God is all of what I will consume in this world. You may be asking, what does the Bible mean by mirror? When you go to James, the James, James tells us that the mirror 
is the word of God. So as you read the scriptures, as God begins to make demand on you, if your focus and your energy is not trying your best, prayerfully, seeking his face to become like him, the Bible tells us it is a progressive journey, but make sure you are moving. You know, Josemaya said something, and I'll hand it on that. Josemaya said something. He said, God wonder when God said, please stop telling people that you are working progress. He said, because most of them, they are like sitting on a rocking chair. In the rocking chair, there is movement. Sorry, there is um, motion, but no movement. So, say 90% of those that you are talking to, telling them, they are not going, they are not moving. So, but it is a call on yourself because you don't want to appear in eternity the way you are. God, count us grace. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.